following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Season 2, Episode 1 of the Full Court Press Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Zach Womble, and joining me every week on the ones and twos on the keyboard is our award-winning producer, J.P. Plant. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a little bit of a change-up. We'll get into that into the episode, but nevertheless, this week we've got Beach Head Coach Kip Brown, Portland Head Coach Daryl Travis. Of course, we get all up in your face in our 2-2-1 Full Court Press And, of course, we give a little bit of rankings as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Episode 1 of the Full Court Press Podcast. A quick programming note to uh, let you kind of know what's going on. Fans of Montgomery County, if you're wondering where Brady McIntamney's voice has been, um, we have decided to go in a little bit of a different direction with our podcast. And I kind of want to lay that out, out there for you. So... So Brady Mack and Blaine Keller will be joining up forces to do a show on Montgomery County and Robertson County. And I, Zach Womble, will be doing just a Sumner County show. Um, Obviously, the Full Court Press is what it will be called. And maybe uh, once or twice a month, we like to try to bring in Tommy Bryan, our Wilson County sports editor, to give a little bit of an update on Wilson County as Wilson County and Sumner County Old rivals will now meet in the region tournament, so I'm sure Tommy can always give us a little bit of good information for the show. So again, the Full Court Press podcast will simply be a Sumner County show only moving forward with a little bit of Wilson County content sprinkled in maybe once or twice a month. And then Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller will be joining forces to do a Montgomery County and Robertson County basketball podcast as well. So hopefully I won't lose you as a listener, but if I do – Hey, no hard feelings. I understand you want to follow Brady uh, in his beat and what he's got to talk about, but I really appreciate uh, you sticking around, listening to the Full Court Press podcast, the first season for all the support, and for all our Sumner County fans that have been asking me, you know, what has been the latest, what's been going on with the podcast. Now you know, and we can move forward with strictly Sumner County high school basketball content. First on the Full Court Press podcast this week, we're going to do our Players of the Week uh, segment. It's a segment that we have done for many, many moons now, and uh, one that we certainly enjoy uh, because it gives us a chance to highlight these student athletes that work so hard uh, in the athletic field. And and first up this week, or or, or, excuse me, on episode one, I'm looking at the, the game that I was at last night, the two games that I was at last night. We've got Beach versus Westmoreland on the girls' side, and Beach versus Pearl Cohen on the boys' side. Uh, on the girls' side, got to give it to Elena Eckel, Westmoreland. You know, combo guard forward, she finished with 13 points. The, ultimately, the game-winning assist uh, to Bay Dobbs, who scored a layup to give them a 48-45 to 45 lead with just under 30 seconds to go. Uh, Elena is certainly one of the best players here in Sumner County. I uh, didn't do any preseason rankings, but I'd imagine she would be – she would certainly be – uh, in the running for a preseason player of the year type of player, certainly a first-team player. Uh, the battle between her and Bree Ellis was a lot of fun to watch last night. Bree Ellis, of course, a senior guard for the Beach Lady Bucks, who would also be in serious consideration for a preseason player of the year honors. But nevertheless, Westmoreland coming out with a victory 48-47 
over Beach. It was their second win over the Lady Bucks this season. And on our boys' side, looking at Andrew Page, who scored nine points, all nine of his points in the second half, the third quarter, to help lead Beach to a 63-48 victory over Pearl Cone High School. It wasn't exactly an offensive clinic last night for the Beach Buccaneers or Pearl Cone Firebirds, as uh, neither team could really get much going uh, fluidity-wise. It just did not look great in the first half, as uh, I think there was only maybe 40 combined points between the two teams. And it just you know wasn't a great offensive game. But Andrew Page in the third quarter stepped up with a big dunk, had a couple free throws, a couple other shots as well. Like I said, nine points in that quarter. Uh, could have gone to Eli Rice, uh, Christian Shaw, who scored 13 and 12 respectively. Uh, but I just thought none bigger than Andrew Page's nine points in the third quarter. So there you have it. Season two, episode one of the Full Court Press podcast. Players of the week are Elena Echol of Westmoreland High School and Andrew Page of Beach High School. Let's welcome in Beach Boys basketball coach Kit Brown to the show, guiding his team to a 14-0 record so far. They're playing in a big game tonight against Christ Presbyterian Academy, CPA, in their annual holiday tournament championship. Coach, welcome into the show. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. This is the third This is the third time we've tried to, uh, to get in touch with you a couple weeks ago. Some things fell through, and then last week we had some issues as well. We're finally getting you. We're glad to have you on to open up season two of the Full Court Press podcast. Um, Coach, first question is, is pretty simple. What has been the secret to your success through 14 games so far? Well, outside of having a lot of good players, uh, we, we got we got talented kids who love to play the game, who love to play for each other, who uh, just want to compete at a high level and are, are, are very coachable and are, 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 you know, here for each other and uh, play good defense. Absolutely. You know, speaking of those talented kids, I want to hit on two first before we get into the others. Eli Rice and Tyler Moore, of course, everyone's talking about them. Uh, Two transfers from Station Camp High School. Uh, What have they brought to your team or or added to just uh, that mix of guys? Well, outside of their natural talent, uh, they have a lot of skill. They're dedicated basketball players who are in the gym all the time trying to get better. They both plan on playing at the next level collegiately. And, uh, you know, the, the, the guys that we had coming back, they, they appreciate these guys. They look up to these guys, how, how the way they carry themselves. And they're just good basketball players that, that know what it takes. You know, you guys obviously had a really good team coming into this season before the addition of Eli and Tyler. I'm kind of wondering what was the, what was the, the atmosphere like when you found out that they had moved into the beach zone and we're going to be playing for Beach High School this season? I think most everybody was really excited because, um, you know, although last year, you know, we had to compete against those guys and had to game plan for them, and, which was uh, obviously, you know, challenging because they're both two really good players. But um, that they were already friends with a lot of guys on the team from AAU and other things. Uh, so it, it was not much of a transition. Uh, not much, not really no jealousy, just welcoming those two guys. I mean, if they want to come and, and, and play for the orange and blue, then we were, we had open arms and uh, they've been accepted really well. I asked you this last night and I loved your answer. So I'm going to ask those, ask you again for our podcast listeners. Uh, what is the, what is your team's biggest challenge uh, this season? 
Well, I can't even remember what I said last night. I was so tired after that game. That's, a, that's okay. It was, a late, it was a late night. Yeah, running this tournament, you know, you're here for about 12 hours or more cleaning, planning, dealing with cancellations and COVID and different things. But uh, biggest challenge, um, you know, just, just staying hungry and trying to get better every day. You know, it's, I guess it, it's human nature when you're winning games and you're playing well to get complacent and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, I guess, you know, let it get to your head and everybody's telling you how good you are. So, you know, trying to stay humble through it. You know, we're going to get humbled at some time uh, by, by an opponent and uh, that'll take care of itself. But when you're winning, um, you, you've got to kind of, as a coach, bring them back down to earth and point out the things they're doing wrong. And fortunately, a few of our wins this year, you know, we didn't play too well and, and I was able to point out the things and and they're smart enough to know that when they didn't play well and when they, when they, you know, were lackadaisical or being careless with the ball or, or not guarding like they're capable of guarding. So we've been able to point out the things and work on them. And each, each, you know, each game after we watch film, there, there's always things that we got to get better at. And I'd imagine uh, with a group of guys like you got that, you know, you, you, you mentioned that they have these goals and aspirations of playing big-time college basketball. Some have already signed like a Christian Shaw. You got an Andrew Page and a Jackson Long. They're going to play football at the next level. So it seems like you've already yeah. got a hungry team. So maybe fighting complacency might not be too bad, might not be too hard for you guys this year. Well, no, I mean, you know, you know, we, we, haven't been to a state tournament in a long time, and that's a big goal. And we know it's not easy to get there. We were one game away last year. Um, so we know there's good teams in the state. And we, we get really excited when, when we get to play a good team like a CPA, like a Beard in the last weekend. Um, and we got, you know, several good opponents on our schedule coming up. So they, they, they naturally get more excited about those games when, when there's high-level competition. Yeah, you're certainly going to play in a big-time game tonight against CPA, who scored over 100 points in their win over East Nashville in the semifinals. Coach uh, Brown, you know, it feels like there could be some pressure that comes with playing for this Beach Boys basketball team. Is there pressure? And if there is, how do you how do you combat that? How do you minimize that pressure? Well, you know, there, I mean, there's pressure on every team in the state to play as well as they can, striving for excellence and perfection. Um, but there is definitely a target on our back as we're ranked in some polls and whatnot, have high expectations for ourselves. So there's a little outside pressure from the outside, but you gotta you got to block that out, and you just got to focus on the little things like boxing out, like, you know, being fundamentally sound and, and, and getting back and matching up on defense and help side, taking charges. So, I mean, basketball is a sport where there's so many little things that you got to concentrate on that if you, if you get too, too ahead of yourself and, and, and neglect those things, that's where you slip up. Coach Brown, I was looking at your Max Preps page today, trying to get some just little numbers here and there. And one that stood out was you guys are plus 338 in the scoring column. I mean, when, when you're getting good offense like you got, but you mix that with great defense like, you, like you're capable of doing, I mean, is there, is, there any to, is there any reason to believe that this team uh, has a state tournament or bust mentality? Oh, there, there's no question. I mean – you know, like I said, it's, you know, when you get to the postseason, you get in those must-win games, you know, anything can happen. Literally, anybody can beat anybody in high school basketball and really sports all across the board. Um, so you're just trying to get better every day. We, we certainly 
uh, have high expectations to go a long way. And uh, we have the talent to do it. I think we have the defensive mindset to do it. We just got to get more consistent uh, on, on different phases of the game. And, you know, speaking of CPA, you know, they, they put on the clinic these last two days. And I was able to, <laughs> at halftime in after our game last night, you know, I, I was able to say, look, guys, I mean, CPA is a well-oiled machine. I don't know that we are right now. You know, you know, sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't, we aren't. So um, just, just striving for that, that, that perfect execution and playing together is, is something that every team is always facing. Absolutely. Um, I, I totally get what you're saying. One more question before I let you go, and it's kind of the Eli Rice uh, situation plus Christian Shaw. You know, coming into this year, I think everybody's eyes would have been on Christian Shaw and who to stop with BG, and they still may be that way. But you, when you add a guy like Eli Rice or a Tyler Moore, it probably takes some pressure off him a little bit. What have you seen from him this year and his growth? I mean, I know he's already signed with East, East Tennessee State. He's in a 1,000-point score, so he's got those two things on the back burner now. He doesn't really have to worry about those things. I'm, I'm wondering just from your viewpoint, what it's been like watching Christian's progression and just now being able to – kind of relax a little bit knowing that defenses can't play him as tight. Well, you know, he's an all-around player. He can do a lot of things. and He's a he's a fierce competitor. So so never mind that he, he signed with ETSU and or has already got accolades. He's a fierce competitor, and he wants to win every night. And, uh, you know, our when you think about it, our team really didn't change a whole lot because, you know, we lost our point guard, Luke Fleming, and Tyler Moore is a, a very similar player to him. And we lost uh, Caleb Powell, and Eli Rice is a similar player to him. So we're really just a, a year older with everybody else and a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, hopefully a little bit wiser. And um, uh, we just think we're, you know, a little bit better for so we've got a little bit more experience now. Absolutely. Well, Kip, it's been a pleasure watching you guys a couple times this season already. I'll see you tonight against CPA in a matchup that I'm very much looking forward to. Maybe if you guys could get Brentwood Academy on the schedule, that would be a lot of fun too. But nevertheless, Kip Brown, appreciate you joining us today on the Full Court Press Podcast, and we'll catch up soon. I appreciate what you guys do over there. Thank you. We've got a few games today, mainly Beach versus CPA in the Holiday Tournament Championship, Portland versus DCA. In the Portland High School, in the Portland Christmas Tournament Championship. But outside of that, no games next Thursday or this Thursday, Friday. Of course, not Saturday on Christmas or next Monday. Uh, so, not a lot to choose from, to be completely honest with you. So, I started looking around, see what I could find. I'm like, I got to give them something. Uh, and what I found was a lot of teams are playing basketball next week, December 28th through the 30th. The only problem is none of those games are going to be in Sumner County. Everyone else, though, playing in big holiday tournaments. I've got them written down here. So taking the taking the, the week off is going to be the Hendersonville boys, the Pope girls, and the Merrill Hyde boys. But outside of that, Station Camp is playing uh, in the King of the Hill tournament. I know Westmoreland girls are playing uh, at Watertown, I believe, with Beach, or excuse me, with Gallatin, Hendersonville, White House. Beach girls are going to the next level tournament at CPA, Station Camp Girls are going to the Zaxby Classic at Good Pasture. Uh, and on the boys' side, much of the same. Beach and Pope John Paul headed down to Fort Walton Beach to play in their tournament. The Gallatin boys are headed to Pigeon Forge. Portland going to Allen County, Kentucky. Uh, White House is going to Watertown with Westmoreland. So 
uh, a lot of teams playing, but none, none in the Sumner County area. So I really can't give you much of a 2-2-1. I just wanted to kind of lay out what was happening next week. But if I had to say uh, for today, for what for, for today's game, you know, the, the two games I'm looking forward to are Westmoreland versus Brentwood Girls in the Beach Tournament Championship and then Beach versus CPA Boys uh, in the Tournament Championship. Uh, two players, Elena Eckel for the Westmoreland Girls, who I think is uh, a really, really special player. She's going to go to Anderson College next year to play her college basketball. Uh, she wanted to spend her four years at a small Christian university, um, turning down the likes of the University of Memphis, Lipscomb University, Tennessee Tech, UT Chattanooga, among others. So uh, she's a very, very talented basketball player. If you haven't had an opportunity to see her play, I suggest you do that. Uh, and then on the boys' side, I'm looking at Christian Shaw. You know, I think he is certainly, certainly in the top running for, for, for boys' player of the year this year, battling with teammate Eli Rice. But uh, Christian is a deadly sharpshooter, plays pretty good defense, uh, can get out and run, can get you on the inside, has added, added a little bit of a vertical leap to his game, can now flush it with one hand or two hands on the fast break or, or, or down the sideline. So um, Elena Eckel and Christian Shaw are two players that I am very much looking forward to tonight. And if I had to pick a winner, I mean, it's hard to pick against Beach. They're 14-0, but then again, CPA is 9-0. So something has to give tonight. And seeing as how I am the Sumner County reporter, I am going to go with Beach High School. They are at home looking to go to 15-0. and And so I've got the Bucks pulling out what should be a really, really fun game against Christ Presbyterian Academy later today. Up next on the Full Court Press podcast, we are joined by Portland boys basketball coach Daryl Travis, who has guided his Panthers to an 8-3 record, 2-0 in league play, District 9-3A. Coach Travis, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? Uh, it's a good morning, son. We're in the gym. Yeah, you're in the gym. That's exactly right. Hosting uh, your final day uh, of the tournament, playing in the championship later tonight. Hey, against Davidson Academy, right? Yes, sir. Before we get into your tournament, um, I wanted to get into a little bit of uh, the, the schedule with you so far. Listen, you started the season three and two, but you've won five of your last six. You're eight and three on the year, including two wins in league play. What's the feeling slash atmosphere around your program right now? I'd imagine it's got to be high. Well, the kids are pretty. I mean, I still I, we talk about this every day. Right now, we're still in our minds not playing well but we're grinding out games, we're defending and rebounding and doing the little stuff enough to win a few games along the way. Uh, offensively, I don't, I don't think we've hit our peak yet. And if, if we ever start doing that, then I think we could be a, a decent ball club. But right now we're just winning on guts and defense pretty much. I'm sure you'll take it any way you can get it at this point, Daryl. I mean, Oh, yeah, at this point. Yeah, we're just getting better every day. Uh, I thought yeah. last night we really gutted one out because that team was really good. Hillwood is solid. They have a yeah, very good point guard. Victory for you guys. Yeah, we, we needed that one. That was a big win for us. And we were in foul trouble all night. We were actually playing four minutes into the game with two starters sitting on the bench. That's not so a good our, start, So our bench Darryl. really got into it. Y'all, it was a great game for us to win with that kind of you know adversity and to manage to still win. It was a great win for us. Absolutely. Listen, Daryl, Portland has um, – you know, you Portland has always teetered that fine line of enrollment for the old district, 9-3A. And now with this reclassification, you quote-unquote drop, but really you stay the same because they add a class in 4A, but you're still 9-3A. Um, do you guys feel like that has 
potentially boosted your spirits? Well, I think so because I mean, I don't want this to sound bad. We got good teams in our district. Please don't misunderstand me. And if you were to put us into a hat right now, I think there's one team that's favored, but I think any team in the district could win it, if that makes sense. Uh, but we don't have Lebanon with a six eight point guard. We don't, you know what I'm saying? That district was nasty. And uh, the district we're in now, I think it's just really, really competitive. I mean, very competitive. Absolutely. You know, listen, I don't think it's a, a bad thing to say that 9-3-A is not, the, is not uh, as great as the old 9-3-A. I mean, the, the old 9-3-A of Lebanon, Mount Juliet, you know, Gallatin, Stacy Camp, you know, Will Pruitt or, or, or whoever, Beach. you know, coming through. Beach Jared Hall, Beach with Caleb. Yeah, I mean, that district was murderer's row. And the fact that Portland – the fact that Portland, led by led by you and of course Scott Steinbrecher, the girls' coach, listen, you got some wins each and every season. And I know Portland was always a tough out, and and you guys earned the respect of all the other coaches. And, and I think what you're saying, Daryl, is yeah, I mean, yes, this this league is is competitive the one that you're in now, but it's certainly not the old District Nine Three Eight. And I, I feel like that's something that you, that you guys can take advantage of because you've been prepared for this moment. I, I think it helps us that we've been through the wars that we've had to go through. There's no doubt. But, uh, and I'm not saying anything against the teams we got because I'm telling you right now, every team in my district can beat every one of them. And I, and I think we can beat them. I think it's, I mean, this is a toss up district. It's, Creekwood is very good and they're used to winning. So they said they've got an edge. Greenbrier is playing extremely well right now. They're scary right now, the way they're playing. White House can shoot you out on any night. I mean, it's just a and it's just a good district. You're right. Greenbrier is playing really good basketball right now. Um, but you mentioned Creekwood as a good team, Daryl. You guys beat Creekwood, so that means you must you must be a pretty good team. It was a war. Either team could have won that game. It was an absolute war. We happened to come up on the high side of it, but that was a physical, defensive oriented ball game, and, and points were hard to come by on both ends. And, I mean, they're, they're used to winning. I mean, you're going to have to fight. Anybody in our district is going to have to fight tooth and they'll get a win. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know that. And because, like you like you said at the start of the interview, you could put all the teams in a hat and pick one, and you could get any different winner on, on any given day. The old District 938, it didn't feel like that sometimes. It felt like it was predetermined before the season even started. Well, the sad part for us, and I'm not making this up, when we when the season was over with, we were going to be, those four years that I've been here, we were going to be like a seven or an eight seed. And then when they added the other team, we went to nine. We were going to be seven, eight, or nine. Well, that means we're going to play a one or a two if we happen to get a win in the playing game or just a, a matchup. So that's yeah. a hard way to go. That's a hard way to go to ever get to go to the regional tournament. Now with five teams in our district, we have a legit chance to go to the regional tournament. Absolutely. A great opportunity for Portland High School to start making some waves on the hardwood. Daryl, you guys are playing a ton of basketball this holiday season. Of course, you've got your tournament where you play three games. You're going to play three games next week in Allen County. What's the mindset of playing six games in two weeks when some teams, you know, play maybe three games or maybe even zero games during the holiday season? We just like to keep an edge. We're still going to give our kids six days off. Yep. They're going to get three days off after this one. And they'll get three days off after the next one. They're still going to get six days off. But I just think it's hard to take a week or a week and a half off with no basketball and keep your edge. Yeah. I, I, and we, I mean, I'm, I'm a Kentucky guy. Kentucky, you play in two terms. I mean, it is what it is. And 
I think the kids enjoy the opportunity to compete. They love uh, games more than they do practice. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to run suicides during the game. No. And you don't have, you don't have to listen to me bark as much as, much as you would in practice yeah. in, a, in a game. So That's that's right. Well, But I do think uh, we're improving. And, you know, we're about to get Dudley kid back, and I think that's going to help us. He's playing his way back into shape. And when we get Kaysen back, that's going to add another player of depth. And he's also an experienced player. You know, he's been playing on the varsity since he was a freshman. We've yeah. missed him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. And uh, he's played a little bit in the last two games. Not a lot because he's just not in shape enough yet. But he's coming. You know, someone who has really stepped up, I feel like, um, in that absence has been Chase Runyon. Uh, what what about his progression? Montez Bradley's also played well. Freddie Pax, I, I'm not trying to single out one guy. I think you've had a, a really good mix through 11 games so far, Daryl. But Chase really has stepped up a lot, I, I feel like. What has been the key to his progression and maybe some others' progression so far? Well, I mean, last year was a freshman. He got his feet wet. And, you know, he, did, he didn't know his place. I think this year the biggest part is he knows he's part of it. You know, last year, you know, when you're a freshman, and you're playing a little bit, and then you end up starting at the end of the season, you're still hunting for your personality or your spot or role within the team. I think the biggest growth for him has been he now knows his role, and the seniors have accepted him. They know the kid can play. And you know what I'm saying? They're not questioning whether he deserves to play or not. They know he should. And I think that's a big key because that adds to your confidence. I think one of his biggest improvements has been on defense. He's improved tremendously on defense. You know, but uh, just knowing that you belong, that you're, you know, that you're part of it and not hunting for your spot, I think is huge for him. And he's added a little drive to his game. He didn't have much of a drive last year. Now he's added that to his game. And that that just makes him better. Yeah, I mean, he got really good, valuable playing time last year. You know, I've always said that if you can ever get playing time as a freshman, that's just icing on the cake because you get to go into your sophomore season when really that should be probably your first season in varsity action, knowing that you've got some games under your belt. And I think he's taking full advantage of that. Um, Daryl, last thing before I get you out of here, I want to hit on your tournament. You know, we, we mentioned that you're playing Davidson Academy today for the championship. Uh, a, what's what's it been like running uh, the tournament for a second year this year? B, how's it been different from last year? And C, what's the feedback that you're getting from these coaches? Well, last year was a COVID tournament. Right. So we have restricted – we had restricted crowd. Uh, you know, it, it was it was it was almost like practice as far as noise goes. Uh, this year, like last night, we had a great crowd last night's game. Uh, the attendance has been much, much, much better. Uh, we've had no issues whatsoever as far as the tournament goes. Everybody's just really played hard. The coaches seem to have enjoyed it. Two or three have already told me they're going to try to see if they can come back next year. I mean, it just went well. It truly, truly has. Uh, the attendance has been much better this year than last, but obviously the COVID. And, you know, right. Coach Stein's so good at organizing this thing. I basically am just kind of like his sidekick. He's really organized this. I was responsible for trying to get teams, and then he organized everything else. So a lot of it goes to Coach Stein. A good team that uh, Portland has between Stein and Travis, it sounds like. Uh, how much easier does that make your job when you've got a coworker that you know that you can just work with I mean, pretty easily. Oh, I've been to places where that wasn't the case, and it, it just—it was terrible. It was right. terrible because you're always fighting and bickering. I mean, it just—I can't got time for it. 
uh, well, you know, we play girl boy girl boy double headers down here. Uh, you, if you don't get along, son, it's gonna be a long year, a long yeah. year. We work well with practice schedule, rotations, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, I've been at places where it wasn't, and it's no fun at all. Yeah, it certainly feels like Portland High School has a lot of continuity right now uh, in their athletic programs. So, you know, I heard you – one last thing, Daryl. I heard you mention that some coaches have said that they're going to try to get into it next year. So I'm assuming this is going to be an annual tournament for Portland High School? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The only thing we're trying to find now is somebody puts a name on it. We want to find right. a name to put on the tournament because I think it's getting some credibility with, with the coaches we have. And we're really trying hard to keep it competitive. If you know what I'm saying, where we don't have some guy team come in here that's just going to beat everybody by 40 and 50, because that's no fun. We want competitive games. And one thing about the setup we do, we don't do pool play. We do back-end draw tournaments where winners go one way, losers go another. So even if your first game was questionable, your next game is going to be somebody closer to your – you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And uh, we really try to keep it balanced tournament. We didn't put all the one teams on one side. We tried to put four good teams and make it competitive and go out to the next game and you got a good competitive game. We had a triple double, a triple overtime yesterday. I mean, it was a phenomenal game, triple overtime, but that's what happens when you have a back and draw teams progress to their level. So you get better games that way. I think. Certainly. Certainly. Well, Daryl, I really appreciate you joining me today on episode one of the full court press podcast. Uh, best of luck tonight against Davidson Academy. And if I don't talk to you, we will, or... we will need it. They're good. Uh -huh. They're a good They've team, got certainly. Depth and they got quality players. Yes. They're a good team, certainly. But it'll be a good test for you guys. But, Daryl, if I, if I don't talk to you before then, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Y'all take care of that young of yours, too. I will, Daryl. Thanks, man. I'll see you later. Uh huh. Bye bye. Up next on the Full Court Press podcast is a segment that I think we're going to do every week, but certainly going to do one as we head into the Christmas break slash New Year's holiday, and that's our rankings, our pre our, our midseason rankings for both the boys and girls. And let's start with the boys. Of course, number one, you've got the Beach High School, 14-0. Uh, all their wins are good wins at this point. They're going to be certainly tested tonight against CPA, so maybe uh, this ranking might not age well. But even if they lost, I still can't see them dropping any lower than one. Uh, their starting five is probably the five best players, five best boys players in the county. Um, although Tristan Conger, the point guard for Pope Prep, who is our second team in our boys' rankings, would probably have something to say about that. A really, really talented player for the Knights, who are eight and three on the season. Their biggest wins of the year coming in coming against Columbia, who is ten and two. Uh, Clarksville Academy and Laverne. And then you've got Hendersonville, who is 9-3, with their best win of the season coming in, coming against Independence on November 20th. Independence is now 11-2 with seven wins in a row. Uh, our fourth-ranked team is Portland at 8-3. Their two biggest wins are district wins over Creekwood and White House. Moving down the list, number five and six are kind of interchangeable, although I did put Gallatin first at five and six over Station Camp, who was four and six. Gallatin with two big wins over Wilson Central and, uh, of course, over Northeast. And then Station Camp with a big win over, over Springfield, although the Bison have lost six in a row, including a 42-40 loss to Springfield, which was their second matchup this season. So I felt good putting Gallatin above Station Camp, but I think it's, it's, it's a toss-up right now, and I know that 
whenever those two teams do play, I mean, throw the rankings out the out the window. They're, it's a city city rivalry, so you're going to get the best from both teams. Uh, but keeping down the list, we're looking at Westmoreland, who is two and eight. Uh, their best win of the season coming against White House. Merrill Hyde is our eighth eighth ranked team at two and seven. Uh, their best win of the season coming against coming against White House. And of course, the last ranked team is White House at two and ten. Uh, they did beat Stewart County uh, 65-54 for one of their wins. They also got a COVID win, uh, so they're at two and ten. So, so there you have it. Uh, what's today's date? 12-22, 2021. Our boys' rankings in order: Beach, Pope Prep, Hendersonville, Portland, Gallatin, Station Camp, Westmoreland, Merrill Hyde, and White House. Sticking with our rankings, we're looking at the girls' side of things. This one is 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 a pretty big toss-up. I mean, it's 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 back and forth from teams two through six. Honestly, they, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But ultimately, the number one team in our girls' rankings on twelve twenty-two is the Westmoreland Lady Eagles, who are nine and three, have beaten Gal- have beaten Gallatin, have beaten Beach, have beaten Northwest, and have beaten Summit this year. Some really really good wins. You know, they're in two A this year. They're in a fourteen district, so they're automatically going to get to the region tournament. Their region looks very, very favorable, and uh, they will then match up with the Metro's team, like East Nashville, in the sectional. And I like their chances at this point. So Westmoreland, they could be getting back to a state tournament for the first time since 2015 this year, led, of course, by Elena Eckel, E.J. Perry, the head coach. Perry was a standout basketball player for the Eagles during his day uh, about 15 years ago. So uh, they certainly got it rolling in Westmoreland, Tennessee. And then interchangeable between two, three, four, five, and six, but I'm going to try to take a stab at it. My second team, I've got Station Camp. They've, they're five wins in a row. They're eight and three. They've beaten Green Hill, Springfield, Centennial, Notre Dame, and Bullet Central out of Kentucky in their five-game win streak. Uh, and then I've got Beach next with wins over Oakland, Summit, and East Nashville at six and seven overall. Then you've got Hendersonville, who is eight and four, with a win over Nashville Christian, Green Hill, Wilson Central twice, Springfield. But but at the same time, Hendersonville lost to White House by three, who's six and five. You know, where do they fit in? Uh, then you got Pope Prep, who's eight and four. You know, they really don't have a ton of good wins. They really, I mean, they've got eight wins. I don't know how many are good. You can only win the games that are in front of you. They're eight and four, so I'm not gonna rank them too low. But you can kind of see what I'm what I'm getting at when I say two, three, four five and six are kind of interchangeable at this point but as i take a stab at it i'll have to say station camp beach hendersonville white house and pope prep and then rounding out our final two are portland at four and eight um and then merrill hyde at three and seven so again girls westmoreland station camp beach hendersonville white house pope prep portland and merrill hyde is our 12 22 rankings as we head into the christmas break but again december rankings mean absolutely nothing uh, but I just thought it'd be a little bit of fun to try to, you know, pick and choose who was, you know, having the great, you know, the best 12 game or 10 game stretch to open up the season. So that's exactly what I did. And I hope you like it. Closing out episode one of the Full Court Press podcast today is a little clip from Gallatin head coach Bobby Luna. Uh, I caught up with him after the 58 54 win over Northeast in the. The Craddock's Electrical Gallatin Christmas Classic uh, that earned him career win number 550, number 460 at Gallatin High School. Uh, future TWSAA Hall of Famer. I know he doesn't have a gold ball to his name, 
but he's got a state runner-up, several semifinal appearances, uh, nine banners, I think, hanging in the Gallatin gym with his name on it. Uh, you know, Gallatin High School is in a little bit of a pickle, a little bit of a dilemma. They've got such great history on the hardwood. Uh, they've got to figure out who to name what after. You know, their gym is already named after Jerry Vradenberg, of course, the legendary TSSAA uh, Hall of Fame inductee coach. And then you've got Kim Kendricks, who won a state championship. you got Dwight Waller, who won a state championship. And then you got Bobby Luna, who has over 550 victories, 460 of which coming at Gallatin High School, which is a record uh, that he broke, I guess it was three years ago. Three years ago, I believe, is when, was when he broke Jerry's uh, record. So, you know, they got to figure out who's going to have the north, the floor named after him, who's going to have the scoreboard, maybe the the press ball. I don't know. they got to they got to figure something out. But nevertheless, a uh, legendary coach, Bobby Luna, who's always been uh, pretty easy to work with. You know, I know he has this reputation sometimes. Or at least he tries to tell me that he's, he's tough to work with, but I've never experienced that. He's always been easy to, to work with and easy to get a hold of. And so I, I always appreciate him for that. But uh, this is Bobby Luna after the win number 550 over Northeast High School. Will you enjoy this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it because I think it shows progress for our team. I'm not, you know, uh, I remember when I started 32 years ago uh, as a head coach, you know, we went 7-21 and 21 my first year. And uh, at the end of that year, all I wanted to do was have a winning record. And fortunately, we've been able to do that a lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I'll sit back at some point and look at it and see, you know, I, I it wasn't a milestone that I ever talked about. I was fortunate. I played for a coach that won 600 games. I was at the end of his career. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine that's eclipsed that 600 mark. And I think what I'm going to try to do is just stay so busy that it doesn't really set in right now. Uh, it, is a, uh, it is a great milestone, but you have to look at so many factors. Uh, players, school, administration, uh, family, uh, health, just being able to stay healthy enough to do it for this long. You know, I've been so fortunate and, and health of my family too. There's so many things that can take you away from it. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky to do it for a long time and I've been lucky to do it with kids, uh, who are willing to be coached. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm really proud of our kids and I'm proud of all the teams at Galton high school for being able to make this accomplishment. Yeah. I think over the years of speaking with you, well, one thing I've learned is it's not just one or two things. It takes an entire community to, to, to get to this point. You know, you mentioned 600, that's only 50 away, which is, you know, at your pace, 20 wins a season is only a couple. Is that a goal? I mean, not a goal, not a personal goal, but is that something that maybe you, you strive for? Well, it, it could happen. And I'm, and the reason I'm going to say that it could happen, I don't have a set time. You know, my wife teaches here, coaches the dance team. My daughter's are in college or or already graduated from college so uh you know things could certainly change there, there's so many factors that go into it but uh you know it could happen uh you know if it does that's great if it does not happen then you know i hope that it's my decision you know and i hope that it's our family decision uh you know whether or not it does but uh but you know it's not something i sat down and wrote that i wanted to do sure. uh but, you know, I want our teams to be good. I want to get better every time we play. And, uh, you know, that's the important part of it. And that will do it for episode one of the Full Court Press podcast. I really appreciate you joining me today on season two, episode one of the show. Again, if, if you don't recall, we're doing a little bit of a program change this year as Full Court Press will now transition into a Sumner County Strictly show where I bring on coaches each and every week from the county to discuss the latest. So, again, today I want to thank Beach Head Coach Kip Brown. I want to thank Daryl Travis. And, of course, I plug in a, uh, a sound bite from Bobby Luna. I want to thank him for his time after the game. 
as well. So it's been a fun episode, and I look forward to episode two. But until then, I'll see you in the bleachers. I'm used to saying the sidelines, but I guess now that we're in basketball season, I'll see you in the bleachers. You've been listening to the Full Court Press Podcast with your host, Zach Womble, covering Sumner County Sports.